Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Brendan Panikar is in the driver's seat with his passengers, Adam Corsair and Craig Borden. Gentlemen, how are you doing? What up? What Wonderful. up? How could we not be? <laughs> I might have been listening right. to the best baseball game on the planet, or at least best comeback uh, while I was golfing my best game, and I've done it a long time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everything's going well. Adam, I, I, I understand you've had to uh, go run out and get a coffee to stay awake. It's been a long day for you. <laughs> Bro, American runs on American. America runs on. That's how tired I am. America runs on Duncan, man. Had to get my coffee. <laughs> Did you at least Irish it up for the show right before? No, 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 no. no. I, I got it. Don't worry. It's, okay. it's here. It's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a good combination for you. Let's yes. just crush the coffee and then chug the beer. How, yeah. how fast can you shotgun the coffee then the beer? Oh God! Well, it's hot coffee, so <laughs> oh, it probably well, takes a little. Never mind. You can get your heart going a little bit. That's yeah. not the group. <laughs> it's for like, loco, man. It's for loco all over again. Yeah, for loco, you, you got go. it. I, I want to replay a little scenario for you guys because um, let's go back to Sunday in a doubleheader against the Rays. Two incredibly heartbreaking losses. The team just looked deflated after Teoscar Hernandez has his little whatever circus he was performing in the outfield there and completely screws up what should have been a win against the Tampa Bay Rays to go 2-1 and one against them over the weekend. They go into Baltimore, and look, Baltimore's Baltimore. Their roster is comprised of a whole bunch of waiver claims. I think only one player is homegrown um, and a bunch of guys that they've claimed from DFAs and minor, very minor trades. Um, and they were probably overperforming. So the Blue Jays went to Baltimore and put them back in their place. And when you add in what they did to the Philadelphia Phillies today, boom, you got a five-game win streak. Guys, how the hell did they put this together? Because it seemed looked like it was down in the dumps after the second game against Tampa before they flew out to Baltimore. I mean, the pitching's been great, but is it just simply a matter of the offense heating up, uh, Adam? I'll start with you. I think it's a combination of both. Honestly, I think everything is just sort of coming into play. And remember, this is without Ken Giles, and Boba shit, right? Yeah. If I imagine when they went down respectively, and I said, "Look, come, uh, you know, mid-ish August, we're going to be over 500, and we might be in contention." Yeah. I think the vast majority of Blue Jays fans would think I was drunk, and even <laughs> well, I would reflect, "Did I drink? Yeah, did I drink <laughs> that night?" So it, it's. Slightly I feel like over. everything's just clicking, right? I feel like the the offense is coming into form. I feel like the the pitching is dialed in, especially Ryu. He's dialed in. Um, the bullpen so. is performing well, minus you know some you know ball, um, the um, Tampa Bay games. But uh, there's an energy with this team, and I heard on the broadcast today, uh, Dan said they believe that they can do some damage. They legitimately believe it. And when you see perseverance, like what we saw today um, in Game Two. 
you you have to be be confident in what this team can bring. So yeah, I I think everything's clicking, and now is a good time for it to click. Absolutely, Mr. Borden. So as of today, and even in the last five games, guys, how big of a U-turn have we had from the defense actually showing up? And right? today, the way they came back. I'm sure that felt really good to shove it down there. It's like, yeah, that's right. At least we're on the other side of the ball this time with this crap going on because there was a few plays there on the radio that sounded like they were just horrid. I can't wait to see the highlights. I haven't gotten that far yet. But it just sounds like not only did we have everything click for us after a 117-mile-per-hour home run by Rowdy Telez that really kicked this thing off, how do you not get jacked up and ready and go and excited with that kind of thing going on? That literally lit the candle on this whole damn thing, and they steamrolled the rest of that game. But I think they're, they, it was put up or shut up time, guys. I really think they came out really discouraged after that Tampa Bay series, and it was just ready to run with whatever they needed to get going to figure out well, how to win some ball games. And they finally got to that in the last, you know, since Monday. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I want to go back to Sunday when they lost that game and just the reaction on Blue Jays' Twitter. And obviously the three of us are very big into the Blue Jays' Twitterverse. Very big. We're famous, actually, the Jaybird Twitter-watching account. Anyhow. Um, of course. At least famous enough for the people <laughs> yeah. watching tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're famous in our own right with Shout the people who follow us. That's good enough. <laughs> um, but I want to specifically call out two members of Twitter for a good thing, very good reason. Um people who you both probably follow, Guzman Shahara Curl, uh, and Joshua Housem uh, on Twitter, both very huge, knowledgeable Jays fans. And Housem tweeted after the game on Sunday, they need to sweep Baltimore. And Guzman Shahara Curl said, I'd be fine with two out of three. I chimed in and said, no, I'm kind of leaning on the sweep. You have a chance to put the Orioles in their place. They're <laughs> overperforming. And you had Ryu kicking off that series against Baltimore, and you had Nate Pearson. We'll get into like Nate Pearson later. But were you guys of the mindset that two out of three would have been fine, or did they absolutely have to have a sweep, Craig? I really think that a sweep helps, but they had to win the series. You knew going into it you were going to be getting some of your best pitchers going on the hill and against, at the time, a red-hot Baltimore Orioles offense. Yeah, we were expecting that maybe it would falter at some point, but guys, they had their foot down on the gas 110%, and it didn't look like they were going to slow down like that. They ran into a wall, and I'm sorry to say, they weren't ready for Ryu. <laughs> yeah. Adam? Uh, I think last week when we were, we were on the show, we were talking to Bobby Kay, and I said, look, I'd be happy with one game against Tampa Bay. And that's what happened. So having that laid out, I'm with Craig on this one. I think they had to win the series against Baltimore. Um, knowing that Baltimore, I don't want to say it was kind of, they were on a hot streak, but they were overperforming. Right? I think we can all agree that Baltimore has been overachieving. Um, I'm with you, Brendan. I, I think Toronto was in a position that they had to put the Orioles in their place. But at the same time, winning the series is what uh, definitely mattered the most. I'll take the sweep. I'm not complaining about the sweep by any means. Yeah. Um, especially when I think it was the next day I wake up and I see a tweet by, I think it was John Heyman, saying, hey, your Blue Jays are in contention. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. what is this? You know? So Because oh, you don't man. necessarily put those things together. You're just celebrating oh. the sweep. You don't, uh, At this point, I'm not really used to, it's this early in this weird season, I'm not used yeah. to looking at playoff brackets or whatnot, but I guess we have to. Um, but I, I'm very happy that we technically took two sweeps in a row. Yep. Um, 
And yeah, I, I I'll take the sweep. I'll be greedy. Whatever. Let's go. Let's let's bring it on. I got a good point Absolutely. for you. Did you expect them to come out of the series with playing such bad fundamental baseball and just blitz through the Baltimore Orioles? Stemming from the Tampa Bay series? Correct. Yeah, no. I was not no, expecting no. it and uh, it and it was good. That was it was getting back to how they started the season. Cuz remember guys, we they were the first week they didn't commit an error at all. Mm. They looked like they were yeah. all pro. Locked in, perfect, right? No problems. Then all of a sudden, that series settles in, and that not even just that series, that whole week, they look like a little te- little league team with the, how they were handling the ball out of the diamond. So all of a sudden, to see it come back together, I think, like I said, it was put up or shut up time. They knew what they needed to do, and they actually dug in and took it by the horns, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way of saying it. They absolutely did. And I want to go back to Monday, guys, when that series kicked off, because it's been a while, probably since David Price, I'd say, maybe Marcus Stroman in some years, that the Blue Jays have had a legitimate ace. Or the term that Buck Martinez and Dan Schulman have been throwing around is stopper. Uh, You stop the losing streak, and you get the team calm, cool, and collected, and pick it back up. And that's what Hanjin Ryu has done his last three starts. If you go back when we did our live broadcast, when he started against the Rays. You know, you could see it was good. It wasn't great. His location, his velocity was a little bit down. Then he goes out and gets annihilated by the Nationals. And I think people were starting to panic a little bit because the velocity was down. But you've seen as he's gotten a few more starts under his belt, it may start off a little slower than normal in the first inning, but the second, third, and fourth, the velocity and the control get better and better and better. So, Adam... Hanjin Ryu, is this the guy that you expected the Blue Jays to have on their roster, or is this the guy who came as advertised from the Dodgers the last three games? Because I believe he's only given up two runs over 18 innings and struck up 17 now. Is that the Hanjin Ryu you fully expected? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I do trust this um, front office, and I know a lot of... I, is, is that still a thing? The the anti-Shapiro and Atkins, is that still a thing? I hope um, not. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard a lot of that um, in a while. <laughs> Yeah, you don't see them shelling out big contracts, right? It's especially throughout their tenure. I think the only exception was Great Chuck, right? And and that big, was an extension. Relative. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. This is the biggest one they've shelled out. Um, so these are individuals that do their homework, and these are individuals that uh, I feel have a plan, a prudent plan for the trajectory of this team when it comes to the minor league youth coming into the system, coupled with uh, free agent signings such as Ryu. Um, He's been phenomenal, and I don't want to take anything away from it. I don't want to, you know, shit on the parade at all. I think he's been great. He's definitely been one of, if not the most reliable starting pitcher in this rotation, minus one game. One game he didn't have, yep. and I think you mentioned it was game two of uh, yep. for him. Um, the only thing I would nitpick at, and it's not really even nitpicking, really. Maybe it is. Um, I think he is the Blue Jays ace. I'm not sure he's ace caliber just yet, only because I just want to see him go more than six. Yeah, I, I understand you want to go bullpen early or you want to save Ryu maybe for games down the line or you want to make sure. And again, this is a weird season, so maybe his arm isn't fully at strength. But still, I want to see my ace go deep into games, like maybe six, uh, seven or eight innings. Um, again, I'll take the... The production, I think it's great, and if it's just in six innings and the bullpen can pick it up, fine. But for a legitimate ace on this team, I just need to see him go deeper. And I have no doubt that he can. I just question why that's not happening. That's all. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're, we've gotten spoiled over the years with the, the ace term. You know, the yeah. holidays, the Dave Steves and company, those guys that do, like you said, go way, way deep into ball games. And I think Ryu has that. It's just we haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. And I do fully think that he is slowly stretching out. There were some games last yeah. year he went into the eighth easy with the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think, I can't recall him throwing a complete game last year, but I think that speaks a lot to the Dodgers organization that they were just, nope, Kenley Jansen, ninth inning, nothing. Right. Period. Yeah. Um, there's, and when you have a closer like Kenley Jansen, you do use Kenley Jansen. I'm sorry to say it. Right. <laughs> but uh, I just, he's doing all the things that I expected. I was expecting the guy that was going to get ground balls and, period, give up like jack and shit for hits and ERA. Nothing. And, guys, that is what we've seen the last three starts for him. There is, in all confidence, I would think that any game that Ryu pitches, we're going to be in the ballgame, long as we can oh, string yeah. a couple hits together. And yes. for the first time, he actually got that this week. He had a four-run lead, yeah. if I recall, with the, in the game against Baltimore when he left. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had an issue, for whatever reason, scoring runs in 100 Ryu starts. And, Adam, to build off what you were saying, and, Craig, you touched on it as well, yeah, I wanted to go deeper, too. I was a little disappointed that they didn't send him back out there for the seventh inning on Monday. I know they asked Charlie Montoyo that after the game in his press conference, and he said the gap between innings was too long. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was only, like, less than 10 minutes of a gap between when he left the mound and was going to go back out there for the potential seventh. He only right. threw 86 pitches. Yeah. The one thing I've seen with Hunjin Ryu, guys, I'm not sure if you've noticed this either, I'm pretty sure in almost every one of his starts, he's thrown at least 20 pitches in the first inning. And that's where his pitch count's getting out of whack and can't go deeper. So I'm not sure if it's because, like we alluded to earlier, it seems like the later he goes into a game, the more fine he gets with his command, his velocity picks up a little bit, and it just all comes together by the second, third, fourth inning. But by then, his pitch count's really high. So is there anything you guys are seeing with Ryu that is other than that first inning that's preventing him from going? deeper seems like the control issue is a, a tad tad and maybe nitpicky but it's tad worrisome too because i you're right craig he went seven eight innings consistently last year with the dodgers yeah my only worry is there's been a couple times that i'm surprised he didn't get rocked you've seen those couple of sliders curveballs whatever that hung way too high in the zone i'm a little shocked that some of those didn't get just annihilated and i think a lot of that goes to the fact that he is such a master of changing speeds that they're completely off guard by the time the ball does come that high in the zone, whether it's a good pitch, bad pitch, or whatever it might be. And they just can't figure out the timing, so it's that hard for them to even hit that ball that is a meatball up at the top of the zone where he throw, hangs that one changeup. And when he gets that changeup, guys, oh, my God, though, that thing is ridiculous. It just drops right out of the damn zone. It's obscene. There's no other way to say it. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that he might just be one of the, And again, I didn't pay too much attention to him as a Dodger, especially obviously not as much attention as I'm paying to him now. Um, maybe he just takes a little bit to establish. Maybe he's just one that kind of pitcher that needs to fall into a groove and he sort of does it slowly walking up a hill kind of thing. Um, or maybe it's just a matter of this is, again, the early portions of the season, right? If this was a, a normal season, and I really hate making these parallels, but we'd be in... May right now, yeah. right? And, and yeah. you you would expect this kind of behavior and these tendencies in the beginning of the season, and they'd almost be excusable. But now, because we're so close to the finish line, we're sort of expecting a little bit more. So maybe yep. this is just part of him getting stretched out, and these things will mitigate themselves over time. 
Um, but it's not overly concerning. I, I don't necessarily think that that is the reason why he's not pitching deep into games. I think it's more of a bullpen management thing on Montoya, right or wrong on his end. Uh, that's just the the feeling I get. Yeah, well, yeah. I have to mention it, guys, because we have a comment on the Twitter feed already. Uh, Fog- oh, yeah. Foggy's pal is also concerned with Montoya. Never any of the pitchers in because it, when they clearly have a lot left was the comment. Yeah. It's a short season. Give them a little rope. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, for shout sure. out to you. It, yeah, shout out to you. Especially, you know, um, there was definitely more in the tank on Monday for Hunjin Rio. 86 pitches. He would go 100, close to 100 last year. And his innings were getting a lot quicker. But you're starting a stretch and are barely into a stretch of 28 games in 27 days. You need some more length out of your starters. And this is where I'm going to go with this next point. I'm going to save Nate Pearson for the end because Tuesday wasn't the greatest for him. Maybe we know why. But I want to touch on Tanner Roark a little bit, guys, uh, just to kind of start to wrap up the Orioles series before we touch on Gritchick. But Tanner Roark... I expected a little bit more from Roark, and maybe that's because he's had some pretty good seasons with the the Nationals before, and he just seemed like a guy who would go out there and, you know, pitch to a mid-to-low four ERA, five, six innings, and I know he went out there on Wednesday and threw five innings, but he gave up nine hits, was constantly in trouble, worked his way out of jams. I don't think we've seen the best from Tanner Roark yet, but at the same time, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence going forward <laughs> when you keep on seeing him either walk five guys and ending in a third against the Red Sox a few weeks ago, give up nine hits, just so much traffic on the bases. Craig, what do you think about moving forward? Because, to be honest, if I were in charge, he may only have another two, three starts before you start truly considering replacing him with one of these kids in the rotation. I don't know. What do you think? Me personally, I think he's going to get outplayed and he's going to lose his spot in the rotation. And very similar to how he was always the first guy to be in and out wherever he's played over the last few years. It was notorious in Washington. As soon as somebody else was available, that he was the first person to be taken out of the rotation. He's that quasi-fifth, sixth starter in a lot of Major League rosters. And when you've got guys like Kay and Barucki clearly dominating in the bullpen, I'd be curious to see what they could do with a little bit longer of a start. Honestly, what I would really like to see them do is the whatever the Roark day is in a couple weeks, if we don't see some improvement, let Barucky or K, whichever one of them, I don't care, or even Hatch, pitch the first four innings, let the next one person pitch the next four innings, and see what you get. And then maybe do the flip-flop of that, the next next start for that spot see what you get it's i have literally been just overwhelmed with hatch k and baraki to the point where i love them in the bullpen and for a short season i even think that makes a billion times percent uh sense but when you're talking about being able to have a ridiculous five-man rotation and just be confident in the fact that whoever takes the ball every fifth day you're going to have a chance to win in a shortened season means everything in the world right now adam yeah I just, I'm not sure. That, I understand the frustration, and I'm not trying to advocate for him to remain in the rotation. It's some of these players that we're mentioning, like Kay and Barucki, I think they just fit so well in the bullpen right now, and I kind of don't want to admit that. Um, Very good. Point. And, you know, it, it, Barucki seems to have found a new groove, and it, some players just aren't meant to be starting pitchers, and I think that's where we've arrived at with Barucki. 
Um, it, it, the same thing happened with Brett Cecil. I think I mentioned that on a previous show too. Some people comparison. are just, yeah, some yeah. people are just meant for the bullpen, and I think he's there. Um, I, I don't know. I it, I know we don't, I don't want to bury this lead already about Nate Pearson, but it, it kind of hinges on what's going on with him, right? Yeah. If, if he's not going to be in this rotation for the foreseeable future, or maybe just the short term. I just don't know what better options you have because eventually he'll probably just fall back into it regardless. Yeah, and again, nitpicky because Roark did get out of the jams. He only gave up two runs. He kept them in the game through five innings, and then they turned it over to the bullpen, which, again, the bullpen has been phenomenal this mm-hmm. entire season, save for one or two outings by Sam Gavilio and a few others. But, guys, the entire offense against Baltimore came from Randall Gritchick, and that was the craziest outburst uh, I've ever seen, probably, from Randall Gritchick. I know he's capable of getting hot, much like Oscar Hernandez has done in his career, and even Lourdes Gurriel last June, but he was their entire offense. I'm pretty sure he had four home runs with 11 RBI yep. in those three games against Baltimore. Can so. he play in Baltimore all the time so Randall Gritchick can continue this? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> like, the Orioles are going to try trading for him. That's just the real motive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take him. Give us a prospect. Uh, whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Adam, um, this makes me think, you know, I know Gritchick didn't do much today. Um, but again, he's coming off an incredibly hot series against Baltimore. Uh, he looks better at the plate. Uh, he's taking a few more walks than normal. He's getting deeper into counts than normal. And he doesn't seem to be striking out as much. Do you feel maybe, I know, again, this is going to be a theme on every podcast, a weird 60-game season. Numbers and sample sizes are extremely small compared to 162. But could this maybe be the start of a Randall Gritchick breakout, which we're all kind of hoping for? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. Um, I, I hope it maintains. I really do. But I, I think we've seen that he's he can be streaky. Um, to me, the parallels between him and Pilar weren't that far off in terms of uh, their their streakiness at late. Um, when they were on, they were on. Remember early April, Kevin Pilar, he was just on fire. <laughs> you mean every and then, year, early yeah, April, Kevin Pilar? <laughs> seriously, yes. If He's you still had doing him that as your, a Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, if you have him on your fantasy team at the start of the season, sell high. But um, yeah. I just I, I think he's a fine player. I really do. And, and I like him on this team. We've had this discussion before when it came to him and, and Stroman. But I, I do think, you know, the comparisons because they were beefing. But I, I think that when it comes to Graychuk, he's just very streaky. And I, I don't want to scoff at the four home runs and the 11 RBIs um, and just one strikeout within that stretch against Baltimore. But I, I just think that this type of production isn't sustainable throughout the entirety of a season or even the majority of the season. Um, I just I, I don't have the confidence. I'd love to be proven wrong, but seeing what I've seen last year, I, I just I can't see it. So Great. I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate because I sure. actually do think there is some good things here going on that I'm actually sure. honestly very impressed with. As a, I know... You guys probably know that I've taught some, you know, young little kids batting instructions and stuff like that from my time playing baseball, and I've tried to pass on my knowledge that I've learned from being a terrible hitter for a million years. (laughs) But the approach, I think you said the big thing right there, Adam, was that he had one strikeout through that series. This is a guy that has been notoriously bad 
at making solid contact because he swings at things outside the extra, the strike zone and really expands it to let pitchers really take advantage of him. Doesn't take a lot of walks, which is one thing. You can take a lot of you can take very little bit of walks and still be a guy that's selective and get good good pitches. I think the difference right now is he's actually letting the ball come to him instead of just trying to mesh the fuck out of everything. Which right. by mind you, he still has been one of the highest exit velocity players ranking consistently every year. So this is a guy that literally when he does make solid contact with it, he hits the ever-loving piss out of it. So we're going to see more of that, I think. I don't think it's going to be anything like the streak in Baltimore. I I think that is literally a streak. I agree. But I think the sustainability of the average has improved because of watching him just the way he just looks like he's a different hitter to me. Yeah, the batting stance and everything is exactly the same, but the approach has been completely different even what I've seen pretty much in this collective little short season we have where we're barely over 20, what, what 24 games as of today, I think. 12, we're, yeah. I think 23. 23, yeah. we're 12-11, so, yeah. Anyway. Yep. At that point, just letting him – you see him actually, like, waiting. And, you guys, this is a guy that literally pulled the ball all the time. Mm. He's taking balls to the right field that I would have – last year I would have seen him try to pull. So there is something sinking in to where he is allowing the ball. And, like I said, the game is coming to him now a little bit more in the box instead of him just trying to force the game. Right. And I think that's yeah, what the issue It would be a beautiful thing if the – and again, yeah, a streak like that, that will happen from time to time. And I'm not saying that that will be the norm. Nobody should ever expect that to be the norm for any player in baseball. But there are some encouraging things, Craig. You're right. If you do look at Gritchick's baseball savant page for anybody listening to our conversation, um, there's a lot of red uh, on the percentile rankings for Randall Gritchick. And red is better, blue is bad. Um, and a lot there. He's barreling the ball like crazy. He's fast, like we knew that, but his expected batting average is high. All stuff that used to be towards the middle or the blue side. And again, small season, smaller sample sizes. There's only 23 games that we played so far as a team. But it's encouraging, especially with Bo Bichette out uh, for whoever knows how long. We're going to need guys like Randall and hopefully Rowdy Telez. And hell, even Travis Shaw has looked better the last little while, too, starting to chip in. But overall, guys, fantastic series against Baltimore. There's no other way to say it. Anything we missed about the Orioles series, Craig? I just want to make one point. Randall Gritchick, for some reason, in the two spot, has looked yes. really, yeah. really good to me. I think part of that whole thing that what I was just talking about there is the fact that he has the Shaw, Telez, and everybody after him. There is something to say that his speed and whatnot and the way he gets to the ball plays pretty well in that two spot. And honestly, with the way Boba Shett was hitting at the beginning of this season, he should be our number three hitter. And I think with him... If he does, when he when and if he does come back here, which is sounding more in the when ballpark, not the if mm. right now. Yeah, you put him in that three spot. Those guys in front of him are still quick enough in Kevin Biggio and Gritchick that you're not slowing Bichette down on the base paths and still right. putting your best hitter in a spot where he's going to get plenty of at bats. So Gritchick might Adam? actually have cemented something. Yeah, that's any speed. final thoughts. Yeah, that speed right off the bat. I, I really that lineup makes me a little thirsty. I love it. Yeah. Um, look, look I, again, I don't want to take anything away from Graycheck today. He did go hitless, so I, I don't. It's a little frustrating, but I'm obviously willing to excuse that because of the production that he's been given. Because I'm looking at the stat line right here, it, it kind of eye popping. Even given the uh, the Tampa Bay 
series. Um, he he went on a hitting streak since August, what, the 11th, the first game against Miami. He hit all the way up until today. Yeah. He's had a hit yeah. in every single game up until today. So that kind of production, that's sort of a, a little bit more than a streak. If you think about it, it, it sort of fizzled out today. It's not that he wasn't productive or the approach wasn't good. It just it wasn't his day. So I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to be long-term wrong about Randall Grichuk. I The evidence doesn't suggest that, but, Craig, your eye, when it comes to his hitting approach and uh, the, the fundamentals of it, I, I trust you, so hopefully I'm wrong about it. <laughs> I know the fundamentals. I just can't do it. That's why I'm on the show with you guys. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're glad you're here. <laughs> yes. I'd still be here even if I was making millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we know that's not right, happening man. in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it does, you know who to call. Yeah. Still got to run. <laughs> there it is. You guys can ride my cocktails. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll record whatever city you're going to as part of your travel. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, I went up in the dreaming. That's, uh, that's, uh, or, yeah, anyways. Um, completely opposite doubleheader. Uh, for the Blue Jays today as compared to on Sunday, where, again, we touched on it, they look completely deflated. But let's start with Game 1. Game 1 saw, I think this was Chase Anderson's third start since coming off of the injured list for the Blue Jays. Maybe his fourth. Pretty sure is his third. Uh, only went three and two-thirds. Uh, gave up four hits, two runs. Only one of them were earned. You know, we looked okay. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Chase Anderson. He kept them in the ball game. He never let it get away from him. There wasn't a whole lot of traffic uh, on the base pass for him, but it's after Chase Anderson. And yep. Julian Merriweather, guys, has finally arrived. This is the guy the Blue Jays got from Cleveland for Josh Donaldson. Merriweather, huge potential, is apparently what we were sold on and told at the time of the Josh Donaldson trade with Cleveland. But injuries, inconsistency in the minor leagues just hindered his progress and development. Finally healthy, made his debut today, and what do you know, guys? Julian Merriweather strikes out three guys, gives up one hit, and an inning and a third. He struck out three of the four batters he faced. Yeah. Adam, he's arrived. We can no longer say who? Who the fuck is Julian Merriweather? <laughs> Josh Donaldson? Well, who is this guy? They might be still <laughs> saying that, but... Yeah. Uh, but who is that guy? He's really good is where they're at now. Right. <laughs> yeah, people are excited, and I'm, I'm happy for him. He made his major league debut, and hey, he's going to be compared for the rest of his Blue Jays career for uh, as long as he's with the team against Josh Donaldson because of that. Dre Bad, a pretty good start for the kid, huh? I loved it. I loved watching it. He looked confident, and he looked poised. He didn't look shook in the moment. Uh, even going up against Harper, I think it was, for his yeah. last, um, at least to close the inning, I think it was, uh, he looked great, and I, I'm not necessarily always going to be like, oh, we won the Josh Donaldson trade because maybe, <laughs> Cause maybe, it's Josh maybe, maybe, yeah. But it depends on what what happens from here here on out. But you have to be confident. And again, this is another element of the bullpen that can sort of strengthen it, right? Especially if this is consistent. Now, again, just an inning and a third. I don't want to take too much out of that. This is baseball, after all. There's a good chance he's going to get rattled, right? It, yeah. It's probably going to happen More at least likely, sometime actually. yeah right so um but for for this kind of a situation especially in a shortened game a seven inning game um where anderson as you said brendan he did he wasn't phenomenal but he wasn't terrible it was just kind of, for me the pitch that i saw was the home run that he gave up otherwise i thought he was fine i guess yeah um 
having Mer- Merriweather come in, uh, just a, an arm right out of the, the pen for relief, I love it. And if he can sort of get stretched out, I'd like to see a little bit more than an inning and a third again, but uh, given the shorting game, I understand. Um, I liked what I saw. It's, it's a really, really good jump out point. Craig? So, that, that, that those strikeout numbers are just high-popping for our debut, guys. That's the thing that really yeah. stands out to me. Mm-hmm. And this is a major league lineup. I don't care what, how good, bad, ugly the Phillies look right now. Andrew McCutcheon still had two hits in today's game in the first. So you got plenty of presence in this lineup. And he went through the lineup. Mm-hmm. He got getting six outs, right? No, four outs. But So he saw some good meat of this lineup and got some really got a chance to sink, sink his teeth into something actually real for a you know major league outing. It wasn't just, oh, he'll face the last three guys in the lineup. The Phillies lineup, I'm sorry to say, guys, is pretty good all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking like Gene Segura and company are at the bottom, right? Oh, yeah, but still, I, I just can't imagine anything to the point where he is having – if this is what we're going to see from him out of the bullpen, his stuff carries pretty damn well out of the bullpen. Yes. He's not I don't, He's not going to get a chance to start a game. I don't care what anybody says, but if he's going to be able to do this kind of stuff, this is the kind of role player that somebody could sneak into a role and really solidify the Blue Jays' bullpen down the line. We've already seen what Rocky, Kay, Romano, and Hatch can do to this bullpen. And if one of them graduates to the, uh, you know, the actual starting rotation like we were you know, alluding to a minute ago, Merriweather has a job opportunity yes. in the wings, and yeah. he it looked really good to be able to do that today. No, it's it's stuff is right on par with an Anthony K, Orion Baruchy, and what we're seeing from those guys, even Thomas Hatch out of the bullpen. So you're right, there is a job for the taking for Julian Merriweather, and I hope he sticks. I mean, it'd be fantastic if going into 2021 we could be like Julian Merriweather. There's another one. Uh, Julian Merriweather coming out of the bullpen uh, is an option and one that throws 98 miles per hour and he can be a back-end arm for I don't know what the hell's going to happen with Ken Giles but pieces are falling into place in the back end of the bullpen and Julian Merriweather hopefully got that kick started today but you know that wasn't the only story guys the Blue Jays did win on walk-off fashion um, by um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. got through a little grounder that just kind of snuck over I think it was Scott Kingery at third or whoever it was, uh, and they won. They came back, but it was the second game where oh. it was again the most epic comeback. So last week, didn't they on Thursday? Mike Wilner was saying they did that, or Wednesday they did that against the Marlins last week. Second time back the week that they deficit. come back from a seven-run yeah. deficit. Yeah. So and this time they finished the job. Fantastic. I think Jesse Barfield said it best. I saw it right before we went live that he said, "I can't believe the tenacity of this team." Yes. And yeah. I agree with him wholeheartedly because, oh, my God, it's just insane to know that from everything out listening to the radio feed and listening to Wilner and Wagner today while I was on the golf course, they were deflated and they were tired and they didn't look like they even showed up for the first five innings. And that's why the Phillies yeah. ran right over them. <laughs> then, oh, by the way, this, in the sixth inning, you get a nice home run from Roddy Telez and then a few errors that they fucking took crazy advantage of. They jumped right yeah. out of Philly's throats when they had a chance to do it. And I think the big thing is, guys, they went three for six with runners in scoring position today. I, I know that's only 500. Oh, but still way better yeah. than what the fuck they've been doing yes. lately. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Adam, any thoughts on uh, the comeback? Uh, this, game two was 
a joy to watch. And I, I, like you, Craig, in the beginning, I was listening to it on the radio, so um, I wasn't really getting the full uh, effect of the, the first inning deficit, which I'm kind of thankful for. But watching yeah. that through and through, it was kind of a tale of this is put up or shut up time. And again, this is what I was saying at the top of the show. This team believes in each other and they, they have a, a willingness to persevere. Correct. And this is evident today. There was no giving up, no quit in this team. And you love seeing that in these kids. And that's what's great about it. They're so young. And to have that sense of perseverance in them at this young of an age and this early in their tenure as major league players is absolutely crucial for their success moving forward. Um, Mike Harrington tweeted out this. He said, so among their seven games in Buffalo, the Blue Jays have overcome deficits of 8-0 and 7-0. That is crazy. Yeah, that is, and you guys alluded to it already, but seeing it, seeing a 7-0 first inning in, in today's contest, the second one, I didn't think they were going to be able to overcome that. I honestly didn't. I was. That's That's a really tough hill to climb. And it came down to the wire. It took a butterfinger effect from Gregorius there at short. But, man, what an inning. What a, what a great game to watch. And it sort of kicked off with the Telez home run that you alluded to as well, Craig. The, I think that was the longest in Salem Field history or it the exit velocity, over rather. the beer garden that Brendan and I were a little smashed in. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's the second fastest exit velocity uh, home run of the season. I think it trailed... Stanton, if I'm not mistaken, Stanton was the only hit a ball the exact same. So he actually tied the major league exit velocity lead today when he hit that home run. That more or less came pretty damn close to hitting the external parking garage behind the right field wall. (laughs) Yes, the one that they put freaking plastic up in because they didn't want people hanging out in the car parking garage and watching ball game. (laughs) You know, and this is the type of thing that. It makes you happy because we were sort of critical, and especially on my end, we're sort of critical of Rowdy Tellez in the preseason, right? We weren't sure that there was necessarily a place for him because the DH slash traverse space position was sort of logjam, but he is definitely proving his weight. He really is, and he's definitely on a mission. Um, I love it. I love the tenacity. I love the confidence. There is no quit in this team. And, man, I, I, that second game was just a joy to, to watch. It was especially at the end because it was definitely a nail-biter. You love watching yeah. those types of games. But, man, I, it makes me just so happy. Five wins in a row, man. That is crazy. And what a way to cap it. I, I know. Think the very undersun hero of the day, period, is Loris Gurriel Jr. It's nice to see him yes. actually hitting yeah. the ball. I've been saying for about a week now that he's been hitting the ball right on the screws, and it's been going right to people. Today – it didn't go right to people. In the second mm. game, he ended up getting two RBIs too, right? I think so. In game yeah, two? I think so, three. yeah. Three. Yes. He went yes. two for four with three RBIs and also scored a run with that home run he hit. So things are finally coming to place for Lars Gurriel Jr. And guys, when he's batting sixth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that shows, even with Bo Bichette gone at the moment, that how deep this lineup really can be and how scary it really should be for major league pitchers. Yeah, they're growing it around like crazy. The offense was just not hitting at all with runners in scoring position. But it seems like ever since they've settled into Buffalo as their home, the offense has clicked. Maybe that's some good luck with playing some bad teams, and I'm not calling the Phillies a bad team, but at the beginning of the year when they were on the schedule, we said, you can compete with the Phillies. And they did that today by sweeping the two-game series. Five-game win streak, guys. That's pretty damn good to go into the oh, streaking. 
podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say we can continue this, but guys, we're going to the fucking Tropicana Field. Yeah. The house Why do you have of horrors. Four. 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 Yeah, for I'm four. I'm terrified. It's four games at the Trop. Like, I know we got Shoemaker going tomorrow and Ryu on Saturday. Both of them have had some pretty great starts against Rays this year, especially Shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Ryan Yarbrough is going again tomorrow. And Ryan Yarbrough in his career has absolutely owned the Blue Jays guys. But before we get into kind of predicting this series, I want to remind you guys of something. The Blue Jays won their first game of the year against Tampa. They were tied going into the eighth inning against the Rays before Sam Gavilio came in. And save for a Ken Giles injury, they would have won second game and took yes. the series 2-1. And if you go back to this past weekend, they kicked the crap out of them on Friday. They lost the first game, and they had two outs with a chance to win the series on Sunday in the second game. They could be going into this series 4-2 and two against the Rays. So they have played the Rays pretty well as well. But it's just that damn luck, for whatever reason, Craig, the Rays have our number. Everything just seems to go wrong, especially late in a close ball game. What are you feeling for this series? Because there are two good pitchers for us going this way. Yeah, my biggest problem with the previous Rays games is everything that they actually finally took advantage of was self-inflicted. Yes, yep. as of today, the Tampa Bay Rays are actually the leading team in the American League East after they swept the New York Yankees. They're but, up too. But <laughs> this pitching staff is already taking a giant injury issue with Charlie Morton being gone. Yeah. They, that's a huge hole for them to have to figure out and hurry up and figure out how to scramble to get somebody to fill that giant innings eater that a veteran like Charlie Morton is going to be, you know, would be handling otherwise. I just, there's something about the Rays that they always find a way to win. But if you had to tell me right now if the Blue Jays were infinitely worse than the Tampa Bay Rays, I would laugh at you because I really think if everything was right or some certain little tiny mundane things happened differently, that we could have swept and taken all those games against the Rays outside the one that they completely blew us the fuck out. So yeah. it, the fact that they have competed in every game against the now American League East leading team says a lot. And I think right now... The craziest thing is going to happen is both these teams have insane amount of momentum going on, and they're going to literally full-on run into each other, colliding. And it's going to be fun to watch, I hope, because in all reality, this could be a playoff battle the way you're looking at it right now. If the Blue Jays continue to tra trend in the direction that they have been over the last week, even if they were halfway there, your guys, we're talking a team that is now solidifying their confidence that's probably going to be hanging around, I would hope, at least 500 for the rest of the season. I hope so. Adam, do you, think, <laughs> do, you, do you think they can win two, at least, in this four-game series? Are you feeling confident enough to say that, or just one out of the four? It's, it's like, come on, Adam. Give me <laughs> you shut the bar, like, so long. I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying to lead you. I'm trying to lead you. God. Right now, uh, he's... Yeah. I was going to say two. I was going to say I think they could split the series. Yeah, um, first of all, they don't, they don't have to deal with any sort of rain out, right? These are definitely going to go full through, which is great. Um, they don't have to worry about any sort of lineup management for, for a doubleheader. I do think they can take two, especially with Shoemaker and Ryu going. I think they can take two. Um, if they do take two, um, I'm fine. Lose the other two, whatever. I, I think that puts us in a good position. I'll obviously take all four. 
obviously <laughs> take three. But if they take two, I'm a happy person. But what, what strikes me as awesome about this is, again, I don't want to look too far ahead, but right after that, you got seven games Boston and Baltimore, right? Yeah. Three against Boston, four against Baltimore. That could be another hot streak right there. So whatever happens in this series, say they only take one of them, you can take solace in knowing that they're going to go back home to, to Buffalo, home, and face Boston and Baltimore immediately after, and they can gain significant ground right after that. So I'm not riding too much on the longevity as to what's going to happen and what decisions are going to be made for trade deadline based on this series alone, because on the other end of that, they have something that can revitalize them. So again, I'll take two and be happy about it just because of what's coming up after that. Yeah. Yep. Right now, the big thing that they need to make sure they continue to do throughout this race series, regardless of record, they need to sustain some momentum and sustain the confidence. Yes. They built up a ton yeah. of confidence. There is a whole different feel and swagger after watching that second game today. They are on top of the world in that dugout, guys. And the fact that, like you said a minute ago, they have a damn home. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. have a place to yes. finally return to. I don't need and to it's see. working. And regardless of the fact that they're all still, you know, wearing the homeless Jays shirts and stuff around the locker room, which just looks hilarious, I think they finally found somewhere that they can, you know, gather around as far as a yes. team and something to you know revitalize yeah. the idea it's like okay we survived the hard part now we have yes. a home let's hit the ground and run with this yeah i completely agree and I, I think they can take two as well i have a terrible feeling guys that they will take maybe the first two out of three and have a chance to win on monday and in classic form at the trot somehow drop it so I, i'm mm. being safe in saying two games but Hey, you got Shoemaker and Ryu going. Those are your two best guys right now uh, with Nate Pearson now injured. And, you know, that's kind of where I want to leave this to right now. Pearson was not (laughs) – he was not good again on Tuesday. Uh, That's a few rough starts in a row for him. The Marlins one wasn't good. This one wasn't good. And, I mean, I don't want to say that the elbow issue was contributing to this, but Pearson was never this erratic in the minors. He had much better control. His location was much better. So maybe the elbow inflammation or whatever it is has something to do with that. Craig Ross Atkins said today, uh, and I forget which beat writer tweeted it, they're pretty firm in the fact that even if he comes back this year, which seems likely, I I don't think they're overly concerned, that he'll go right back into the rotation. Uh, Is that the right play for Nate Pearson the rest of the way out? Do you ride him in rotation? Are you being extra cautious with him and putting him in the pen? Right now, I really think it hinges in on everything we were just talking about. If I have a chance to get somebody caliber and have the kind of crazy stuff that we have seen from Nate Pearson come into this post-trade deadline in the next two weeks, that's the same as getting one of the best free agent pitchers you possibly could get. This guy, when I saw him pitch, I literally thought I was watching Roger Clemens back when he was with the Blue Jays and Yankees and stuff when I finally got a chance to see live Roger Clemens as a kid. This stuff is insane. So I, I, as far as Blue Jays fans are concerned, I do not think, and I can say this with 110% confidence, they have not seen the real Nate Pearson because the control, you hit the nail on the head, has not been there. The velocity has been there all day, but he usually was painting the corners with the fastball and the slider that he throws throughout his minor league career, watching him with the Fisher Cats and whatnot last season. 
I watched a lot of minor league games, especially I was treating um, Nate Pearson starts as must-see TV on minor league TV. <laughs> so it was just crazy to see. I, I'm not, I can't say I'm disappointed. I think he's grown and learned a lot in these starts that he's had at the major league level. But it doesn't shock me after watching him the other night that maybe something else was hindering him for whatever reason to the point that he is not the comfort level that he would be on a mound like normal. So I'm glad in everything it sounds like they did exactly what they should do. And everything it sounds like is trending in the right direction that maybe it wasn't as bad as they thought. But where are we at is where we're, what I'm concerned with. But worst case scenario, guys... He will be in the bullpen by the end of the season. There's no doubt in my mind. And you got a guy that can throw 100 out of the bullpen and just comes out and airs it out for two batters, three batters. Fuck, I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm concerned because elbow anything is not what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, especially from someone with that's this young, this fresh in the system, and that throws as hard as he does. Um, he definitely lost faith in his fastball, it seemed. In that game, he was going slider a lot, and Very I don't much. know if that's because of the arm discomfort. I, I'd imagine it is. Mm -hmm. um, they're still awaiting the results of the MRI, right? And it depends on where you're at. Now, it, it, like you said, Craig, it does depend on where you're at. It depends on what kind of a push they're making. If they are legitimately making a playoff push, do you risk it? Do you risk the longevity of him as a starter and maybe blowing up his arm, sidelining him for a year with Tommy John just for the sake of a playoff run? Do you risk it? I don't know. I'm really torn. I don't have an answer for that. I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I'm legitimately down the middle because I want this team to go into the playoffs, just get into the dance. But the other time, this is, our, this is the gem. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the guy yeah. <laughs> that's going to anchor our rotation. So it's, it's definitely precious cargo. So I'm not sure how to handle this. My fear about putting him in the bullpen is that I'm worried about a repeat Aaron Sanchez scenario, right? Yeah. That's also my fear because they are similar. Nate Pearson definitely throws harder, right? And and the stuff is a little bit, if not a lot, better than Aaron Sanchez. But the flip-flopping is what concerns me because that's objectively what fucked up Aaron Sanchez in this I organization. Agree. Objectively. Yeah, I think so, too. So rules. I just, yeah, I don't want a repeat of that. If, if they're going to put him in the bullpen to ease him back in and say, hey, just for this year because it's such a weird season and we could use your heat coming out of the bullpen next year for sure starting and they follow through with that, fine. Yeah. Fine, I'll take it. But you have to follow through with it. You can't keep yeah. going back and forth. I agree. You have to make a decision. And I think that's where they're at right now. I really do. Because I don't yeah. think they want to damage him. And if they are in playoff contention and they think there's even a – 10% chance of putting him in the rotation and risking that. They would probably, but we can put you in the bullpen and save a season. There's a difference there, right? He'd be so, a great yeah. setup. He'd a be great insane. setup guy. It's Jordan yeah. Romano all over again. Yes. At, at a minimum. Yeah. So. No, it's, that's a very difficult question to answer because if you do get Nate Pearson right and you get into a three-game series against Oakland or the Yankees, you could feel pretty damn confident having a Ryu and Nate Pearson going game one and game two. Yeah. And you only got to win two of those, right? If you get one of those wins right off the bat, then you're playing the full three, most likely. But at the same time, if it's not the same Nate Pearson, he injures his arm, and say you still get into the playoff, it's not like nobody's saying that this team could win the World Series. It'd be nice to get there, but it's kind of it's like all for naught if they get bounced in the first three-game series that they play. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think that I think that question you posed, Adam, is one that's very difficult to answer at this point. One that might become a little clearer after the results of his MRI. But again, as time goes along, when he's ready to go, let's see where the Blue Jays are at. If they're a few games above 500, they're very likely in a playoff spot or in the conversation. So it's tough. But guys, Trent Thornton today wasn't exactly wiped out. He was pretty <laughs> too. And they have a nice rotation. Very erratic. <laughs> they have an opening in the rotation for Sunday. It won't be Thornton because he went today. Um, but who gets Nate Pearson's spot when that comes up? Because you could insert theoretically or do a bullpen day or piggyback or whatever, but do you insert somebody like a Baraki, a K, or a Thomas Hatch and let it ride? Or are you just going without a bullpen day and are giving Trent Thornton that spot for a little while to see what he can do, Adam? I think what they probably will do will be Hatch. I would prefer K. I don't want to mess with Baraki. I just feel like it's too fragile right now, and he's riding fire in the bullpen. Don't mess it up. Uh, I have more confidence in Anthony Kay as a starter. Yeah. Honestly, I'll, of the three, in, in just general terms, I'd rather see Anthony Kay start. So that's where my mind is heading, and given the fact that he was throwing heat today. Oh, he would, oh my <laughs> God, it was gorgeous. Uh, I'd like to see that in a start. Even if it's just four innings at at minimum, yeah. four innings, I'm fine with it. If, as long as he's throwing heat, give me give me the gas, man. I'm going Anthony Kay. Yeah. I'm right. going with the idea if everything lines up like we were talking about earlier in the show, this is the dual start thing. Mm, sure. Start Hatch or K. I don't care which one of them. And then flip for the other one for the uh, the next four innings. And then yeah. the nice thing is, come you. They, neither my biggest problem was neither of them have been really stretched out to the point. Yes, they have thrown two or three inning games, but none of them have really went that like six inning stretch. So I'd be fearful to throw them out there, especially when we are kind of back in contention here and actually have a chance to really run with something here while ever the team is hot. That I think you really need to just let them to run their four innings each, and then hope to get Bass or whoever in there at the end of the game and just lock the thing up. I think that would also give you a very valid sampling of data against the teams we're playing in the next two weeks to run with if you do have to keep filling that spot with, okay, Hatch was lights out. Let him run the next start and see if he can do six innings. At least you're kind of, like, progressing it instead of just going, oh, good fucking luck. Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I really think, I, like, I agree with Adam that the Baraki idea, it's still too fragile and too close to those yep. injuries to really I think let him ride it out this year in the bullpen. Yes. Regardless. As much yeah, as I really confident. do exactly. I think at one point at some point or the other, you are gonna have to have that resurfacing conversation if you do want to give him another shot at the rotation, but I don't think you even bring that into the topic this year. He's just yeah. looked so incredible. Let him just completely bolster that idea of the confidence this season out of the bullpen and have that fact that he knows he can get major league hitters out any damn time he wants to. And if he does come into the starting rotation in the next couple years because we don't have the Chase Andersons, the Roarks, and whatnot, let him join in the conversation. Right now, I want him to be Brett Cecil in that bullpen and just let him yes. mow through people. And then you can let right now Hatch and Kay fight it out for that fifth spot if it becomes available. You guys are perfect. You guys segued into that next topic fantastic. Points. That was amazing. Right into it. You both point, point for the both of you because that was what I was going to bring up next. And I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. And 
Craig, to touch on what you were saying with Hatch and Kay, that's what they did in Game 3 against the Rays when the season opened. They started with Hatch and went to Anthony Kay. I could see the exact same thing, just to get Trent Thornton in line to take Pearson's <laughs> spot. Or, yeah, uh, go the opposite way the next time it comes up. But, I, yeah, Ross Atkins said today, guys, um, Ryan Barucki's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you want a sense, go check out his either Fangraph page or his Baseball Savant page. Eight games, seven and two-thirds innings, 14 strikeouts. He's basically he's wow. pretty much averaging two strikeouts per appearance uh, <laughs> with that right now. He's confident. He's looking good. And he has a history of arm issues, too, which is maybe why they wanted to be super careful. But do you think long-term that this is the spot for Barucki? Because I can see him at the end of the year being like, guys, when we come back for hopefully a normal 2021 season in the spring training, I want to start. I think they'll give that to him. But I really am enticed by a high leverage and high workload reliever. They're thinking like 90 to 100 innings out of the bullpen. And then you have Andrew Miller of 2016 all over again. That's pretty damn enticing, isn't it? Very nice. Come on. Kind of nuts. Keep him in the pen. Keep him in the pen. That's. I'm sorry. Keep him in the pen. <laughs> Even next That's, year, yeah. keep him in the pen. Yeah, my, I agree. My biggest problem is I have seen him throw an incredible start against the Yankees in person, mm. and he has this stuff to be a great starting pitcher. The longevity question is really what will maybe possibly shove him into a bullpen spot. And yeah, that's the really the big question. And funny enough, like we keep making this, this, that's exactly the problem that Brett Cecil and Casey Jansen had in the Angry, angry Bird years. Those both guys were yeah. lights out for a couple seasons as in the starting yes. rotation, and they just couldn't keep on the mound. So what do you do with them? And then the both of those guys became two of the best relievers we had in a decade. So there is that kind of thing going on here. I have no doubt in my mind that Ryan Brockie is going to be a great pitcher for this organization. I just don't know where he fits right now. And unless something changes going into next year's offseason where we do get a James Paxton or somebody else to top end this lineup. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Um but in the unless they get something like that, I don't see how he ends up falling out of the conversation for a starting rotation spot because mm-hmm. he's gonna they're gonna they're gonna know more about what he can do in however many innings this year. And as you've mentioned already, he's been lights out for this season so far. And there is no doubt in my mind that him getting the ball whenever it is, he's gonna do something well with it. Yeah, it's tough. And I think longevity is the key because if you go back into the rotation, I guarantee you one thing, that velocity won't stay in 94-95 because it didn't in 2018. It was in the lower 90s, like 91-92. And I think that's what's made him so effective. His slider has so much more bite that it's coming in faster. He can air it out for an inning or two and just look absolutely incredible. So it's going to be a tough decision. It's very good, guys. I mean, I know we're running a little long now, but it's very good that this team is starting to get some answers on these pitchers because there was that going into the season starting to be a little bit of what do you do with all these arms and it's slowly falling into place and you know if COVID gives us one thing a 60 game season is giving us a lot of damn answers about what the team can be like in 2021 Mm -hmm. hey if you get into the dance as an eight seed and you have a Ryu and a Shoemaker or a Pearson going, I'll take that top two over anybody to make maybe a run, a surprise run if the offense is still hitting very well. Guys, I want to hit on one more thing before we do picks to click or address some of the Twitter questions that we got here. 
Really quickly, give me your thoughts on Anthony Alford's DFA, Adam, because, man, the guy is so likable. Everybody wanted to see him succeed. And it's crazy that he was the longest-tenured Blue Jay until he got out of here. He's been around for a while, but he's only had 75 career plate appearances in four seasons at the big league level. Just never had the chance to succeed. Do you think, well, I think he will get picked up, Adam, but do you think a change of scenery is going to do him well? I want to say no, because if he's not going to succeed with the Blue Jays, I don't want him to succeed. <laughs> Bring him back. Selfishly. Um, yeah. You're hoping the Jordan Romano thing happens all over again. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we talk about, and we've sort of touched on it in this show, the confidence we have in this front office's uh, assessment of talent, especially young talent. We have a lot of confidence in it because more often than not, they've been pretty good in terms of their development, if not outstanding. They obviously don't see something in Alfred. And the reason why I feel, I'll speak for myself, that I'm so attached to him is because I see the athleticism. I see the sheer athleticism yeah. that he has to offer. I sort of have to take my rose-colored glasses off and understand that maybe that doesn't translate to being an outstanding baseball player. It doesn't always happen. Um, and I, I want to say that, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was a football first athlete yep. and a baseball Originally. second. So. It, it, maybe that has more to do with it, that this isn't his primary or wasn't his primary passion. Not to say that he's not giving it his all. I, I believe he does. But I, maybe the, the effort leading into becoming a professional athlete was more geared towards football in the beginning. And then baseball was sort of the, the, the option B. Um, the reason why I bring this all into the equation is that this management and this front office staff definitely evaluates talent well. And if they're not seeing something and they've waited this long... They could have done this numerous times, and they yeah. waited this long. Uh, I think I think the door is shut, and I've sort of made my peace with it. Fine, but I mean, I I hope he does succeed, like unselfishly somewhere else. I hope he does succeed, but man, I would just like him to just fall back into the lap. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you 100 percent on the the athleticism. It is there, and it's in spades. It hasn't translated on the baseball field. My honest opinion of the fact that they took so long to figure out what is going on with Anthony Alford because they honestly did expect more of it. Yeah. So yeah. the talent they evaluated was here and they're getting this. What do you do? And right now it's just more or less they ran out of options. There's other things that have to be done with a team and unfortunately Anthony Alford is the one that has to you know, take the bullet for the rest of the team. Um, I honestly think Holt, that he is going to be perfectly fine wherever he lands. I think this is the classic. He hasn't had as much time in baseball yeah. to really dig, dig into it. I, he was a football first athlete. He decided to play baseball because he thought he would have a longer and better career in baseball. Period. And this is a guy that was a pretty damn good football player. <laughs> Everything I've yeah. read, he was a just the star, period. So for him to all of a sudden turn around and choose baseball, this is one of those things to me that if Michael Jordan actually decided to stay being a baseball player, Terry Francona himself said it. He knew that he would have made it to Major League Baseball. It was just mm. one of those things that did not have enough time to really come to a simmer and run with it. And I really believe that Anthony Alford is full of that case. That I yeah. think at some point it's going to click. And it's going to be probably one of those guys that's the magic 27, 28-year-old that all of a sudden is like, oh, my God. And it's going to be, I just pray 
with how shitty our outfield is <laughs> that it's going to be in a Blue Jay uniform. Because this yeah. is also a team that's been saying Derek Fisher's the shit. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, uh, I love that you brought up the 27, 28-year-old thing where he's going to blossom. He's getting close to that now. I think he's still 26. But if he goes somewhere and gets him steady at that and he starts to put it together and learn more, you have Lorenzo Cain all over again. I'm sorry. I know I've made that comparison so many times, but you you may have Lorenzo Cain all over again. Cain was extremely late to blossom with the Royals. I I can't remember if Lorenzo Cain was a two-sport athlete as well. But regardless, they're very similar builds. They're big guys exact same skill set they're pretty much the exact same player in a way uh and it took Kane a lot longer than most to develop into the player he became that's why milwaukee traded him uh originally and they're like we made a fucking mistake we got to bring him back this is what we expected (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) exactly this is what we wanted this is why we traded you because you didn't think you're yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i hope Anthony Alford does put it together um, selfishly because, yeah, you're right. The outfield is pretty much in shambles uh, for the most part, save for Lourdes and Teoscar. What's and currently on the field? Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah well, currently there, uh, it's right <laughs> below it. Like, the one I have a perfect point. Of- I have the perfect point. Kevin Biggio started in center field today. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to create more depth. You have to create more depth somehow because oh, after the first three and Kevin – it's extremely bare bones, and it bothers me that Billy McKinney is still getting a shot. I know they're trying to. <laughs> How did he not get dropped? If we're going to DFA somebody, I'm sorry to say, Billy McKinney has it written all over him to me. The, the ceiling's already the ceiling. They love him, dude. They love him. They they took him from the Yankees. They love him. <laughs> they like are trying. To... <laughs> Why? Every every last drop out of Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney before giving yes. up J Hap was their best trade chip in yes. twenty eighteen. And they fucked it up. Like I'm sorry to say it has not worked out at all. So I agree. I, I would have if it were me, I would have gotten rid of Billy McKinney and kept Anthony Alford around. But eh, we're not in charge, guys. We just run a podcast. Happened. Like I said before, yeah. we don't get paid the big bucks. That's why we yes. get the bitch on the air like this with our two hundred something listeners that happened tonight. <laughs> Right wow, it's more than what I thought. It's 225 listeners tonight, so thank you for right much, everybody. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And look, Sister of the Bolter, you are a loyal listener. I know you submitted some questions. Um, to be honest, guys, just with the length, and I don't want to cut us off or anything, but the questions that you submitted, I'm going to write those down. We will address them as soon as the season ends because those are some pretty damn good questions, guys, that we got. Johnny, I know you submitted a few as well. We will get to all questions, but Craig, you mentioned Anthony Alford clicking, and uh, I picked up on that because it's time for picks to click. Um, last last week with Bobby, it was right at the end, so I will be completely honest. I don't even remember who I picked. Does anybody have it written down? Or I think remember? we did it. We did yeah, I think air, we did actually. it off air. Yeah. Did we? Okay. Shocking. Bobby so, picked Anthony. Yes. <laughs> and actually, yeah, he was probably well, yeah. winning out of the group we picked. I stuck with right. Sweet Lourdes. <laughs> yes. Which, unfortunately, I think I went rowdy. Today. I went rowdy, yeah. which. Yeah. And Brow- and uh, I don't remember who you had, Brennan. I actually don't even know if I submitted I think one. you had an arm. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, whatever. I. And I'm going to start rewriting this shit down. But either way, yeah. I'm going to give the points to Bobby K because yes. his brother yeah. has been consistent out of the bullpen throughout this season and was lights out again this week. So, yeah, points, Bobby. 100%. Points to the guest spot. I agree with that. Yeah. 
Craig, uh, why don't you kick us off? Who are you picking to click over the Rays series before we record next? I'm going to be a dick and screw over Adam Corsair and take Kevin Biggio this week. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to see if you can actually pick somebody else besides Kevin. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I haven't picked Kevin. I only, I've only picked him once, right? So I'm going to go because I feel like he needs it, and we haven't talked. We, we've touched on it in previous episodes, but it's been glaring. I'm going to throw him a bone. Maybe this will help. I'm going Vladdy. There it is. He needs it. He's been trying like up. He had a couple hits today, right? Yeah. Yes. He so, did. He including one that was he just hit too hard, otherwise he would have had a double out of it. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that one the first game. He, he hit it so hard over the left fielder, it was one hopped back to the left fielder after hit the wall. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about now. Um I usually go to the pitching side of things, you're right, but I'm gonna go back to the offense. And uh, I've liked what I've seen on uh, on the screen the last week and a bit, and on his baseball savant page with some of his trends. I'm going Travis Shaw. I think Travis Shaw got really unlucky the last few weeks of the season, or the first few weeks of the season, sorry. Plus, he had the issue where he had to step away from the team, taking him a little bit longer to get going. But he's crushing the ball. He's making very hard contact, and it's starting to show. So I'm going to lock in Travis Shaw as my pick to click for this week. Yo. Speaking of Travis Shaw, did you guys notice that Dante took his number? Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, in the beginning of the season, he was number 21. Dante comes in. Dante's now number 21. Dante's and Shaw 21. switched to six. I am Respect. choosing 21. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, my number now, right? And Shaw's like, yeah, oh, yeah no. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, we still have plenty of listeners on Twitter I'm going to just say, hey, blow up the comment here for the guest spot this week, and we'll count that as the yeah. win for the guest spot here without it as left listing on the Twitter Live stuff. So come on, give me who your pick to click is. I would love to see. <laughs> Sister, I know meantime, you're still out there. <laughs> in the meantime, I, I, kinda, I know that we're running a little long and at the end of the show, but I do want to say, and I want to sort of hijack the host for a second, uh, yeah, Congratulations to Brennan for getting engaged, bro. Congratulations, oh, yeah. dude. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Yes, absolutely. Thank it was you very a, much. It was, uh, it was a surprise to us, I'm sure. Obviously, you're not going to tell us beforehand. You keep that sh- shit to yourself. But the pictures were great, and you guys look happy. And we here, I, I speak for Craig and myself, are very happy for you. So congratulations. Congratulations, Thanks, Brennan. Guys. Uh, I appreciate that. I had to keep it a secret from some people. I told a few people out of excitement. Of course, but I yeah. Make... <laughs> of course. No, that in your circle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, luckily not. They kept it pretty tight-lipped. I was impressed. Good deal. Congrats. We're well, oh, ready to you. pop the champagne and celebrate with you, so cheers to both of you. <laughs> pop that champagne, absolutely. Any uh, Anybody chime in on the uh, on the comments section there, Craig? Still waiting. <laughs> okay. So near the end of the show, we've only got so many people, but we, like I said, we ended up getting right now. It's uh, being mean. I think it said well 225, over two. 231 yeah. listeners to the live show tonight. At some point, our peak had yeah. 50 users at one point. So pretty good. Oh, I wow. appreciate it, everybody. So we're gonna Thank obviously you. continue yeah. to enjoy these live shows. And now that you know, I got a new webcam and things aren't broken and fucked up, and it sounded normal for a change. <laughs> 
I'm just going to figure out how I can get myself out of this tiny little window here in the bottom of the uh, <laughs> thing here. Yeah. It's the only thing we got to fix. I noticed that when I checked the uh, the <laughs> post on Twitter. It looked kind of kind of wonky. <laughs> it's a little odd, but we'll make it happen. So thank you very yeah. much, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and absolutely. Hit us up on Twitter all the time. I, we will solicit questions. We will answer them, I promise. There was a lot to talk about today, a lot to celebrate with the five-game win streak. And there's a lot good going right now in, uh, in Blue Jays land, guys. Um, if there are no picks to click to announce, shall we uh, give our normal Let's Go Blue Jays? Let's do it. Let's go, Let's go Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.